you're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Hi, I'm Tyson Franklin and welcome to this week's episode of Podiatry Marketing. With me, as usual, my partner in crime, Big Jim Mack. How are you doing today, Jimmy boy? Uh, doing fantastic. It's uh, that time, it's the holidays, it's getting into the holidays here. You know, it's uh, got to check out my Christmas shopping list, right? Like uh, <laughs> the days are ticking away and I keep putting it off. So I'm feeling the pressure today, Tyson. I'm definitely feeling the pressure. So I just, I called you Jimmy boy then, which I haven't called you before. What is the, do you have an Irish background? Yeah. So James McDonald, that's, that's like, uh, so I've got a, I've got a mixed kind of Irish, English and Scottish background. Okay. So yeah, like uh, Jimmy boy, Jimbo, Jimmer, uh, Jim and James sets you, sets you up for a lot of different kind of uh, nicknames. So yeah, I, 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 I will respond to all of them. So anything starts with J? Uh, pretty much. Pretty- <laughs> Okay, Gemma. Not like not like Gemma, jackass with, Gemma or... with a, yeah, jackass or anything like <laughs> <laughs> Jack off. I, I was going to say jack off, but I thought, oh, is that going too far? No, but now that you've put it out there, we'll leave it there. So, yeah. what what are we talking about today? Uh, we're coming back around to like one of my favorite topics. I think it's something that, uh, even though we've talked about it in the past, it's something that I think it's really really important for podiatrists to that we re- reiterate this on a consistent basis, and this is. Really jumping back into what is, uh, what are like five characteristics of a successful podiatry clinic website? Um, your website uh, for your clinic is something that everyone knows they need to they need to have one, uh, but it can really uh, be a huge uh, source of um, building your expertise. Um, really kind of getting uh, shining a, a light on who you are and how you can uh, service patients in your local area. So I think it's really important to kind of get back to the basics. Um, Cause like sometimes, you know, we live in a digital world and I think sometimes we kind of are, our eyes gloss over that like, Oh yeah, website. Great. I know what one of those is. Yeah. Um, and you don't kind of like understand the kind of like the details that go into either building and maintaining a website that can really make a big difference and really help you stand apart from other clinics and other providers in your local area. So I think, we're going to jump into uh, those five characteristics today. I know that um, you, you, you're you're on board with me with this, but I think it is important to kind of go over these basics with with our podiatrists, just to, they can kind of know what's going on and ways that they can improve their their current website setups. So, what's what's the first part? Someone's thinking of putting a website together. What is the first part that they should really be putting the time and effort, especially if they've never had a website before? If they've just ha- opened up the new business, they're about to have their first website. They're not re- revamping an old one. What should they be concentrating on? Yeah, so I think the, the first kind of characteristic of a successful website that should be considered is making sure it's a patient-friendly design. Uh, you know, when either either you're building it yourself on a, a platform like Squarespace or WordPress or you're working with a professional to really kind of hone in uh, on building it, it's really important that you have an intuitive navigation and layout for the website. Uh, I think we've, we've been on websites before where you're, you can't find the contact information. You can't find the how to uh, connect or yeah. contact the clinic, and it's it's a huge sign to a patient that like if their website is difficult, you know probably their clinic is going to be difficult as well. Or they have an ugly website, you know what is the the clinic going to look like? So that that user that kind of patient friendly or that user friendly design um, is not only important for like the utility of getting around the website and navigating, but it really kind of 
translates to like what their expectations of you as a provider are and what your their expectations of your clinic is going to be so that that first impression is really really huge so it should be you know a clean well-organized site um, and it has to have that kind of professional aesthetic you know if there's flashing lights or stock images and it just kind of like it's a an alert or an alarm bell to patients that mm, i'm not too sure about this podiatrist right like uh the website looks a little sketchy. I can't find what I'm looking for. I'm just going to go back to Google and find somebody else that looks a little bit more professional. Yeah, I remember going on one particular uh, podiatry website, and it was a shocker. There was so much information on the on the homepage that I mean, it didn't know where to start. But then, as you scrolled, the bottom of the page kept chasing you up the side of the screen. <laughs> and there was so much information there that you'd be trying to scroll. I'm just trying to get away from you. And this thing just kept chasing you. And you did. You'd end up just leaving their page. You're going, that was an awful experience. And there were things flashing and, uh, <laughs> yeah, luckily there was no noise attached to it. But it was like being at the pokies. This thing just kept kept moving and changing. And, that, and this was a big podiatry company too. It was an absolute shocker. So it wasn't just some shonky guy. They'd, they'd actually had this built. <laughs> Boy, I don't know. Yeah, one of those, yeah, but one of those features that I think a lot of people like the idea of, but I, it feels a little clunky still to me is like the, uh, the live chat. And um, there's, there's some websites and some tech websites that do it really, really well, but um, I haven't really seen any on a podiatry clinic website uh, that really had a, like a smooth interface and it looked professional. They, you know, sometimes you see these images of someone wearing like a headset with a microphone yeah, and it's like live, live chat now. And it just seems like almost like, an infomercial or this weird, like I'm going to talk to a telemarketer about my medical <laughs> problems now. So I think the live chat will get there over time, I think, but that's one area that I, when I look at it, it doesn't feel like it builds a lot of trust with patients. So like we talked about the role of this website design is really to, how do you get patients to, to trust that you are that local expert and then you know have them kind of, you know, take action, right? How do they convert from just being a website visitor to a patient that's on your, 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 your schedule or your agenda. And that requires, you know, you know, a kind of clear call outs, a good design, you know, ways that people can contact you where they think the button should be. So those are really important as far as building that patient friendly design is, is kind of that first um, thing you, you should consider uh, when you're looking either to build a website or to improve the website you currently have. I hate things that just pop up unexpectedly. You come to the website. Yeah. You're on the home page and you go, okay, is this the business that I'm searching for? And before you can even get through the second line of the first <laughs> paragraph, this box pops up and it says, would you like to join our newsletter? No. So you get out of there. You keep reading. Then another thing pops up and you haven't even got to the end of the paragraph. And by then I've usually got the shits because I'm thinking, you know what, I'm just going <laughs> to Usually go you're back else. to Google or to a different website by then. Yeah, because I'm thinking... Well, just let me read through this and know that I've, you know, if I've read through something for 60 seconds, then there's a chance I'm enjoying what I'm reading. Then ask me a question. But to just throw it at me straight away and you go, oh, now I've got to click to get out of there to get back to where I was. So I haven't seen that on any podiatry websites. Thank God. Yeah, luckily, most podiatrists realize that that's something that will annoy most patients and I haven't seen it pop up too often either. Okay, what's next? So next is making sure that your website is mobily optimized so you got to make sure that your website, the pages, 
uh, the ability to contact and make an appointment in your clinic is optimized for mobile. You know, people are spending more and more time on their smartphones. I think, you know, obviously for a long time, people were on desktop computers and laptops and it's easy. That's, you know, that's probably the way that either you or uh, the person building your website, that's probably how they're building it is through a desktop uh, or a laptop. But you really need to make sure that the, the kind of the experience on mobile is top notch. You know, they're just um, for healthcare services. It's, it's really, really important. You know, every it's not only the small screen, but also now we have, you know, things like GPS within our phone. Right. So if people are you know, searching, um, you know, for your clinic, it's going to pop up on a mobile so it's really important to have a kind of a mobile responsive design um, and user experience. And that includes, you know, what we call search engine optimization, right? So like it's kind of making sure that there's kind of the right text and the right, um, you know, the procedures, the types of treatment you do is being written and can be seen uh, in a mobile way. So that, that's really, really important. So if it's you or the person you're working with, you have to make sure you're testing. Um, you know, is it, how does it look on, Phones at different sizes. How does it look on Android versus iPhone? You just want to make sure you have a really functional and seamless um, experience across all devices, whether it be desktop, tablet, laptop, or phone. But just making sure that it's mobily optimized because, like I said, more and more people are just doing things with their phone these days mm. and less with laptops and desktop computers. Yeah, I use my phone all the time, constantly. And a lot of times you'll be with, especially when you're with other people, if you're out socially and there's any conversation and somebody mentions something, you go, oh, let's just check it out. And everyone goes to the phone to, to try and find further information. But because I'm, I work from home and in front of my computer all the time, I, will, I don't use it at home. But as soon as I'm out of the house, constantly searching websites on the phone. And I think everybody yeah. is the same. <laughs> I'm the same way. I spend a lot of time on my laptop and my desktop, but... Uh... When you're out of the house or sometimes when I'm just testing websites I'm building, it definitely spent a lot of time on that phone. So it's really, really important. I think it's sometimes the first thing that people will sometimes see in the morning and the first last time thing they'll see before they go to bed at night, which is a little, maybe it's a sad state of our, our society, but uh, uh, the, the the cell phone, uh, the mobile phone is, is huge these days. Yeah, I must admit. It's it's one of those things I'm trying to, when I when I'm going to bed, I hook it up and don't look at it. And then, uh, especially since I've been back from America, I get up earlier in the morning and as soon as I wake up, I grab my phone, I put it in my pocket and then by 5.30 I'm out the door and uh, off walking. So then I've got the headphones in and I'm trying not to look or check or really do anything until after I finish walk, come home, had a coffee and then I sort of go, okay, now let's get into it. So what's, what's, the, uh, what's the next part after that? Yeah, so next is uh, making sure that your website is full of informative and engaging content. So that's basically just saying uh, any content that's on your website, written content, it just needs to be clear, concise, and jargon-free. I think it is, you know, as medical professionals, and even myself, I find myself, uh, you know, writing in medicalese. Um, but when people are reading your website, these are patients. They didn't go to podiatry school. They didn't go to residency. They don't know probably what a lapidus bunionectomy is. And uh, while maybe it's in important for them to know certain terms like that in the future, um, it shouldn't be their first contact or they shouldn't run into that you know, right off the bat when, when going to your website. You really need to highlight the benefits of the care you provide in, in language that they'll understand. So it's really, really important to have things on your website if, you're, if it's possible 
I know that some people in the UK or Australia aren't able to use them, but yeah. things like patient testimonials, anytime, anytime you can use before and after photos, or there's educational materials about the different foot and ankle conditions you treat um, and providing some, you know, rec- some, ad- some advice. It's not medical advice, but maybe some things that uh, have been tried before um, just so you can kind of give them a little bit of information about uh, causes, potential treatments, uh, so they feel a little bit informed when they, before they make an appointment to know that kind of you are that expert. Uh, and then it's regularly updating this content, right? You know, just because you built your website 10 years ago doesn't mean that the, the, the type of content or the type of care you're providing is still relevant. So in order to kind of maintain that trust and build authority uh, in your local area uh, for the care you want to provide, you really need to make sure that you have updated content, um, like I said, in a clear, concise, and jargon-free manner. But what you're thinking on how much text should there be with each page, or you know, like if it's if it's the home page or an article, because sometimes you'll go to a particular page and there is so much there. I mean, it is <laughs> so text heavy, and the font is really small, and you start reading, you go, "Oh, this is going to take forever," and then you go to another one where the font's slightly bigger, easy to read, and it gets to the point really quickly. It's not just dragging on to finally get to what you were searching for in the first place. Yeah, I kind of approach this in a couple of different ways. I would say, number one, if you can tell somebody through an image or through a video as opposed to a wall of text, it's, it's preferable. Um, uh, I would also say that when you're scrolling, you know, when I'm looking at my laptop or desktop, even on a cell phone, if you can, it's probably a little harder on the cell phone. But, you know, I like to see no more than like 50% of the screen have text on it. So maybe it's a, an image above it, but then there's text below or yeah. there's tech, you know, an image below the text or interspersed there. Uh, even in blog posts, you know, if you write 400 words about marathon running injuries and there's no visuals associated with it, um, maybe you have a little bit of bold ta- text or some, some bullets. Those things will definitely help break up the kind of the, the kind of uh, how in- intimidating or that wall of text kind of feeling. But you definitely need to have some engaging visuals with whatever you're writing, whether it be the introduction to who you are, information about your clinic, um, the type of patients you treat. Uh, like I said, blog posts. You really need to have that a nice mix of visuals and text. And uh, when you do that, it's much more engaging. You're much more more likely to get people to stick on your website. If it's you know 90% text and a little bit of images here and there. Uh, not very engaging content means that people are going to bounce and go to somebody else's website. Yeah, I have had some people where they will have a blog article, for example. It'll be, say, three to 400 words, a few photos in there, it looks really good. But then they'll have something where they, they'll say, if you want to read a further, more detailed article, and they click on that, it goes through to a different blog that is far bigger and a lot more information. There's one particular friend that I know, he's got a, this one blog article it's four and a half thousand or five thousand words it's massive and he just said the amount of traffic that that blog article gets he said just surprises him but it's but he feeds into it from other other places to say hey if you want more information on this you read through it and he says he's never been able to write one as well it just happened to be one we just got in this flow and it was just an interesting topic wasn't podiatry related though it was something else (laughs) oh Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ingrown toenail, 5,000 words. 
No one's going to read that. <laughs> no. Nah. Okay, so what, what comes next after that? Yeah, so next is this uh, making sure that your website has strong calls to action. Definitely. Uh, that's basically, that's really, really important. If you don't tell the patient what you'd like, the action you'd like them to do, like then they're kind of, they wonder why they're on your website in the first place, right? Usually when people are searching for podiatrists, they're looking for someone to help them or one that someone they love or someone in their network with a foot and ankle problem. So you need to make sure that you provide these strong calls to action. Uh, also, it's you really like we mentioned previously, you want to make sure you have uh, make it very, very easy for people to contact you. So you want to clearly define what these call to actions are, whether it be, you know, you don't want 50,000 book now or book online or book appointment now stuff, but you definitely need to have it a few times um, throughout your content. Uh, like we talked about, along with the images in the, in the text, you know, having it on almost every page you scroll down. Uh, can be helpful and there's different ways to show it in a very helpful manner. Um, but you want to make sure that people know how to book appointments with you. Some people prefer online forms. Other people like to have their phone number highlighted for patients to call. It's really what you like to do, but just make sure it's visible. Um, and, and like not only visible from a size perspective, but for colors, I'll sometimes see websites that are all blue and then they have, you know, the, the phone numbers, the, the same blue as every other headline is on the web on the web page um, you want to make sure that it stands out these calls to action right it needs to be almost a, a different color entirely or the button needs to be a, a visually appealing color that stands out from the rest of the content on the website so mm, good point um, so accessibility like i talked about the phone number maybe it's an email contact form and the maps you want to have that all very uh, easy to find on your website and then like i said if you have you know an EMR that allows integration of online booking uh, services or patient portals, making sure that's very clear as well, because there's nothing more annoying to a patient than having to go, like go on a scavenger hunt on your website. You know, <laughs> the majority of places <laughs> that people, go ahead. I know it's only because, yeah, I was in the state, so I had a few days to myself at different locations, Nashville, Chicago, and all that. And I was jumping on websites of things to do at different times. And sometimes I would click onto a website and I'm going, where are you? Well, where's where's the meeting point? How do I book? <laughs> and I'm searching through it. And like I would say, a confused mind says no. And as soon as I got confused, I went, yeah, I'll just go back to the list and see who else was there. And some of them, and I've, and I've been on podiatry websites where, because yeah, I'm, always, I'm always searching through them, but I'll find some and I'll go, oh, nice. Yeah, this looks nice. It's great. And I go, where are you located? And, and I'm trying to figure out from the phone number, okay, I know from that phone number, I think it's in this state, but whereabouts are you in the state? And I've really, I've really got to search. I can't find the address. No, it comes back down to like kind of understanding the patient journey, uh, looking at your website, not from your perspective, right? I mean, we love that we went to school and some of us went to residency and those things, but patients don't care about that. Mm. Uh, you don't want to have that get in the way of, your contact information, how to make an appointment, your phone number, the the map, uh, the directions to your clinic. Those are the things that people are actively searching for. Maybe it's the, the form they have to fill out before they go to your clinic. You know, So making that as simple as possible, you'll have very thankful patients. And uh, like I said, like nobody signed up for a scavenger hunt when they went to your website. <laughs> um, and if you make it hard for them, like you said, confused mind says no, they'll just go find another clinic to go visit. So. Yeah, I totally agree. So, what what else would be? How many how many points? I thought there was five points. You've gone through a fair few. Yeah. So this is the last one. This is number five. Um, this is really important. 
and uh, and and this is getting patient reviews, and if you possible, displaying it on your website. Okay. Uh, why that's important is that we can go on all day to talk about how great we are. I know that Tyson and I, I know that Tyson and I talk about ourselves all the time. You know, he's oh, great awesome. at coach. We're, he's we're, at coaching. He's he's great at like helping you plan the marketing. I'm the master of implementing all these hey. different digital tactics. And I, and I do. Um, I, I do. I said that. Yeah, I've said it previously, and I'll say it again. If there's podiatrists out there and they're going, oh, should I work with you? Oh, should I work with Tyson? Or should I go and work with this big company where they're going to just farm me off to somebody who's an employee who works for them who really doesn't care about me? Then I'm just thinking, why would you do that? Yeah, call me. Call Jim. It's, I don't know. I don't know. It just makes sense. But anyway, this is just me. No, and, and that, that's, that's great advice, and I definitely second that information. But what's even more powerful than us talking about ourselves or what's more powerful than podiatrists talking about their own practice or their own training is that when a patient leaves a, you know, a great uh, online review that really helps kind of shift uh, the next patient's decision-making process, right? So when you can showcase positive testimonials prominently on your website and other marketing collateral, you know, if it's allowed by your state or your the location you're in, fantastic. Um, and you really want to make sure that anytime that you have a negative review that's addressed professionally and promptly. Mm. Uh, but you know, having patient reviews visible on your website um, is huge. And you know, having a quote from a patient speaks volume. So uh, really incorporate some of the patient reviews into the way you build your website. I think that is fantastic advice. And I think if people go back and listen to this again and start and take some notes. So if you're not going to gym to help you with your website, if you're going somewhere else, it's just make sure you got this information. And when you, as your website's getting done and you're creating information for it, it's just make sure all these points are basically covered. And I'm sure, Jim, this is like, I know there's a ton of other things you can actually do on your website. But <laughs> well, we, I don't want to have a list of like the 450 things to do for your website, right? So, like, let's keep it nice and tight at five. I'm sure we'll discuss some other ones uh, in future podcasts. What I love but, doing is yeah. is saying to podiatrists, "Oh, so I take it your website went live on the 12th of um, April 2021." Okay, how did you know that? And I go, "Oh, because there were five blog articles all with that date, <laughs> and nothing has ch- nothing's been added since then." The other thing I would just advise people on their website is don't keep using the same photo from 1988. Yeah, update your photographs every now and then. Like I could still have on my website, I could still have hair. The photo where I had hair was so much better. But it's one of those things that the photos that you're using, and this goes back to what we said before about stock stock photos. I think even the photos of yourself, as you age and mature and become wiser, it is update the photos so it actually does depict who they're going to be seeing, especially with your well, team as well. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, you know, kind of finishing off on that note. You know, I really want to encourage people to kind of, you know, go back and evaluate and find ways to improve their current clinic websites, right? Like whether it's that photo from 1984 or, you know, you have a ton of stock images, just go look at your website from the patient's perspective because these things do make a difference. Um, you know, by kind of changing some of these essential elements of your website, you can really stand out and kind of effectively cater to who your ideal patients are. So really, really important to do those things. Um, you know, if you've been enjoying the show today, make sure that, you know, you know, email a link to one of your, your colleagues, you know, give us a review on iTunes and subscribe because uh, Tyson and I are going to keep on putting out this helpful, helpful, helpful content. 
and uh, hopefully you'll learn some things from it and it'll improve not only your practice, but uh, hopefully your life as well. So that's a fantastic way to wrap up, Jim. So I look forward to talking to you again next week. Sounds like a plan, Tyson. Okay, see ya. Bye now. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.